No, this weekend wasn't the high-scoring game like last season against the Duke Blue Devils. But these matchups against Duke sure seem to be exciting. We take a look at the exciting finish and Valik Carter's dominance in the fourth quarter to propel the Panthers to an ACC victory heading into the bye week. We recap the Duke game and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. October 12th, this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. On a night of big fights, Pitt punched Duke, Duke punched Pitt, Pitt got up on a nine count and landed one last haymaker to KO the Blue Devils and improve their record of four and two midway through this season, the Idle, buy, whatever you want to call it. The week off honestly couldn't have come at a better time. And we can breathe a little bit and calmly discuss what was a very memorable, albeit controversial game. And get ready for what is like the biggest week in college football history, if you ask me, Pam. Pitt's not even a part of it, and that might be a good thing. Yeah, let's all take a week off, sit back, and watch some other teams and uh, see how they they do under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to scout competition coming off of a win. Yeah, we want Bama. No, no, that's not, not <laughs> what I'm saying. No, not, not yet. Uh, at Clemson. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm feeling that, Pam. At H2P Show is where everybody could follow us. If you want to get the hashtag we want Clemson tre- uh, trend going, uh, do it there first, and then let's all go to Carolina once Pitt wins the Coastal again, and we'll say we started we started the, the hashtag. Let's do that. <laughs> I don't know about that just <laughs> quite yet. It was one win. Pitt looked all right and uh, dominant at times, but then, man, we really have to dig in because did they blow that lead? Were they getting screwed? It's kind of a little bit of both, I think, for most people, but... I do know some people that just feel Pitt got absolutely jobbed out of what should have been a blowout win against Duke. We'll dive into that. Basketball is quickly approaching. Uh, it's about a little less than a month away, but cool news coming out. A lot of hype on campus. Uh, I'm walking around there. Pam, you start getting the field hoops is in the air a little bit too, but also people are happy about football. It's good times. It's a good time to be a Pitt Panther, I'd say. Yeah, and we had ACC Media Days 
recently for the men and women's basketball program. So basketball's on our on our radar a little bit. And towards the end of the month, we'll be doing some men and women's basketball previews where we'll look at the Panthers season and also look at how they fit into the ACC picture. Absolutely. So hoops, just keep that in the back of your mind. But obviously, it's a big football week in college football. Pitt, not a part of the coming weekend, but so much to unpack from that Duke game. Vince, what was the cause of that second half collapse? Was it the fumbles? Do we blame blame uh, Pitt not being able to stop some of what Duke adjusted to offensively? Or did they just flat out get screwed by referees? Uh, <laughs> probably a combination of all those things. Uh, but, you know, personally for me, uh, given the ball up like they did, uh, it, just some 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 bad fumbles uh, is, is what I'm looking at. You know, Paris Ford made some great plays in that game. Awesome. But but a, a you know plays that we've been wanting to see for several years now. And, and then and they put really them, see it. and then they put him back there to finally return some, some uh, on special teams like you've been calling for all year. And uh. yeah, it, it fumble on <laughs> the ball inside the ten yard line. You know, basically a free touchdown for Duke. Uh, 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 Butler Jenkins, the receiver, uh, had a nice catch. And then as he's going down, fumbles the ball, leading to another Duke touchdown. Uh, it, for me, it, it was the turnovers. You could talk about how the offense, you know, got, I would say, rather conservative in the second half. I mean, there was a uh, – it, it was a one-score game at the time, third and ten, and we'd run a reverse and, and get stopped for a huge loss. Uh, like you said, Alan, Duke switching to that wish, wishbone attack a little bit, which we had difficulty stopping. Uh, certainly bad penalties that I know you want to talk about. But for me, it was really just uh, giving the football away. Uh, and thank God the pit defense was able to take it away as much as they did. Oh, man, that defense still has the – I'm going to say the best cardio – in all of college football, how they kept going and going. They did not stop, even though they might have been a little bit demoralized with, with some of the turnovers, the bad calls. Duke showing up big time at home to get back into the game. Pitt's defense ultimately held up. But, you know, the turnovers, a special teams turnover especially, is so painful inside the 10. Do you think that if this game went to overtime, Pat Narduzzi would have just given Duke the ball? With how <laughs> considering how bad <laughs> we've seen other, we've seen other coaches do that. <laughs> yeah, this one not quite the same script as the uh, as the Steeler game. If you if anyone watched that, but uh, some similarities. Um, but really, some really questionable calls by referees in this game made you feel like okay, someone had to get this thing a little bit closer to what Vegas was hoping for because I mean. Paris Ford's penalty especially, not only does that hurt Pitt badly near the end of the game, giving Duke a huge, huge call, but now we've got to worry about a full half without a player who just stepped up and looked like maybe one of, if not the best player on defense for the Panthers. Yeah, certainly all over the secondary, Paris Ford, uh, and, and a just a... a just not, not a, a, just a missed call, in my opinion, you know, uh, the player, the Duke player, you know, leaning into Paris Ford's shoulder <laughs> and, and gets called for the penalty. 
but you know, with the way that game's been going, it that's I guess what we had to expect. Fifteen penalties Yuck. for the Panthers, only four for the Blue Devils. A, a similar story that we saw last week uh, against the Delaware Blue Hens that we thought was going to be cleaned up this week, but still a lot of penalties. And so Paris Ford will miss the first half of the Syracuse yeah. game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I called some of my friends down in Baton Rouge to see how they dealt with this last year when a bogus call had Devin White miss a half of a very crucial conference game. And all they said was be pissed off and mad and get ready. Uh, you know, you can only control what you could control. So I guess that's what we got to look forward to against Syracuse. But man, to not have that is that's Pitts Yapper. Too. That's the guy that like sparks the fire under everybody's keister. And he, uh, the thing is, he was not out there for the end of that game where, I mean, the, the opponent only needs a field goal to tie. And, I mean, they do have to go pr- pretty much the whole way down the field. But, you know, getting field goal range is easier than scoring a touchdown at the end of a game. And, again, similar to the UCF game, Vince, Pitt's defense just dominated on a very last drive of a game and caused the fumble and got the recovery. Yeah, given absolutely nothing to, to the offense, keeping the pressure on them. Uh, you you got to love seeing that. This this defense was all over the, the field. Yeah, they, you know, they gave up some scores uh, and a couple big plays late in the game. But, you know, top to bottom, uh, they have played excellent. Uh, Harris, the quarterback for Duke, he was their leading rusher heading in this game, limited him to only 40 yards, only 165 yards passing for for uh, an offense uh, coached by uh, Coach Cutcliffe down there, who has excellent play design, uh, shutting them down. I think that's that's huge. Yeah, and it was great to see Patrick Jones really get going, and hopefully he can carry that momentum. And he's had a good year so far, but we've really focused on uh, Twineman on that yeah. line. And now Patrick Jones had an excellent game, and hopefully he can continue that um, to be another another guy that you talked about, Alan, that just doesn't stop on that defensive line there. Oh yeah, that was that was crazy to see just Pitt getting getting at it, and just so many different guys. We saw Haba getting the act again too. Twyman was doing his thing, and you know the, this defensive line just keeps improving and. For as as much as people were so upset about at Pat Narduzzi after the Penn State game, I have to say with how this defense is performing and considering how young they are and how now we're seeing this guy develops defensive players and can get them to play for him the way this team is playing for him, the future bodes pretty well for Pitt defensively moving forward this year and beyond. I am so excited about this. And the fact that Pitt has already played the best offenses they're going to play all season long i think uh i mean th- you gotta feel good we just need some help uva needs to go down at some point so Pitt could be put into a big spotlight because i'm i'm feeling it for the Pitt panthers right now when you win games like this i know duke isn't the best team in the acc but to win on the road like this with adversity with maybe some bad luck i mean we could even call the fumble by Paris Ford, maybe some bad luck even. I mean, the plays like that happen, although they shouldn't, and also bad calls. To still win, very impressive by Pitt, and they're they're becoming the kings of blowing leads and still winning. The fact is they're still winning, and that's a good thing. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm feeling it, and 
I kind of upset that they're not a part of this spectacular college football weekend because we're talking about, I mean, huge game after huge game. I wish Pitt Syracuse would have been thrown into that fold. Unfortunately, we got to wait, wait a whole week. Yeah, and they'll be on a Friday night, so there'll be a, a an island game or a showcase game there. But you talked about how they aren't going to face many good offenses moving forward, and their schedule gets even easier. And I think that looking at their schedule, the offense that scares me the most is North Carolina with that freshman quarterback. And I said at the beginning of the year, this was the year they needed to beat Carolina, but Carolina's looked a lot better. The other teams, their offenses do, if we're looking strictly at their offenses, they do not scare me yeah. whatsoever at all. I, I know what you mean. We, we should expect this defense to really, continue going forward and we're going to be breaking down uh, like kind of our expectations for the second half of the season uh but the final thing i want to put on on the duke game and this kind of goes back to the past three games we've seen three fourth quarter comebacks mm. you know the defense was able to hold strong in the fourth quarter and make the big plays when they had to but the offense three fourth quarter comebacks when it looked like you know the game was lost i mean we talked about it against UCF, uh, certainly some big plays made against uh, the Blue Hens last week. But then Duke this week, when Pitt was down and they had to drive the length of the field and get a touchdown to win this game, you know, in previous years, especially last year, I think we all said that there was no chance that they were going to go down and score. Uh, and, you know, maybe felt that way a little bit uh, on on Saturday. But I think, now you got to feel like, Alan, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that you, we should expect this offense to be able to make a big play when it has to. I, I think so, because really the, the main thing that's keeping them, you know, uh, from blowing teams out and not having to do that is themselves. 15 penalties to four, a lot of those on the offensive line. And, and you know, Kenny Pickett, I, got, I wish we had – the time and the energy to put in some deep anal analytics and, and look at some numbers here because I have to I have to believe that when it comes to those kind of quarterback rating uh, stats that people keep track of and QBRs and all that, Kenny Pickett probably has the lowest QBR or whatever they want to call it to victories ratio. Like, like he's got to have like the worst quarterback rating, but still wins games. Like the, if there's a stat like that, Kenny Pickett is the best at winning ugly is what I'm, is what I'm trying to get at here. And he's kind of developed a knack for it. And, you know, you don't want to rely too much on, yeah, he's a clutch guy, but uh, you know, finding guys to step up, getting in, in some kind of rhythm at the end of a game or on, on the same plane with a certain player when you're the quarterback. To, and the way him and Valique Carter uh, were were kind of just in that zone at the end of the game. And we've seen Kenny Pickett and Tazier Mack have that as well. I mean, the, the fact that they're able to find that at the ends of, ends of these games is super impressive, even though the team is jumping off, you know, false starting and illegal formations and illegal shifts a lot. And Kenny Pickett's throwing the ball 50 times for less than 300 yards. You know what? That's all fine because <laughs> somehow, some way they find a way. And it's mainly due because they are playing with such a, a hype defense. I mean, 
this, if you look at the sidelines and look at on the field at the end of these games, a lot of teams are blowed up. Pitt is not ever. They've got some kind of crazy gas tank as a collective team that I think we all need to recognize because that is something that you, it's hard to account for, but you look at it. Just look at the end of the games Pitt's been in. They're the always the team left standing when they win these games because they've just got this gigantic gas tank and a bunch of players going crazy and are super energetic, getting big sacks and making big plays in the fourth quarter. And it's fun to watch, and there's a whole half of the season left to, to see it, but hopefully they don't have to rely on that as much because this is a team that I think could blow some teams out, especially looking at the schedule, Pam. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Miami today just named that they're going to use a different quarterback. So Yeah, they're going back to uh... – Nikosi Perry. Yep. Um, and Syracuse, they got blown out by Maryland, and they just haven't looked good. I mean, when uh, Eric Dungy's not there, it looks like a little different team. Eric Dungy, the former Syracuse quarterback, who it seemed like he was in college for seven or eight years, but uh, he finally graduated. And uh, Dino Baber's team hasn't looked as sharp, but they they always play tough against Pitt. But I think moving forward, I've – be a little worried about Syracuse just because coming off a bye week killing some of Pitt's momentum but I think the toughest game they have is North Carolina Miami will be tough um, because their defense is tough but I think that's a game where we need Pitt to once again force turnovers and for the defense to carry them um, which they're more than capable of doing but there's a chance Pitt could go undefeated the rest of the way right I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to say anything like that in this division because it is wild and so close. Yeah. And these games, I mean, look at this Pitts crushing Duke and they do look like the way better team. And just somehow just you blink and, you know, we're sitting in there. I was watching the game with Vince and our friend. He said, oh, wait, holy hell, they're not winning anymore. How's this only a three game, three point game? How'd this even happen? That's the that's coastal division football, baby. But you got to say Pitt's defense looks as a unit so much more impressive than a lot of the units in this con- in this division and the conference even. So I I'm I don't think it's too bold to say Pam but again it is a crazy crazy ACC Coastal. And the thing though that that we have going for us here that we'll definitely be talking about more next week when we preview Syracuse is the fact that it's an idle week and the fact that there are some injured players that are getting healthy this week too. Yeah, and the the game that worries me, obviously, is North Carolina because they are a lot better than everyone expected. And why every year does it seem like Pitt plays, or every other year, Pitt plays North Carolina at home on a Thursday night? I swear I've seen them play two to three times at Heinz Field on a dark, cold Thursday night in November. So that's always a tough spot, too. Always playing to the Tar Heel advantage in the cold at night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow they have some kind of advantage, but uh, yeah, that that's it. See, they're an odd team too. I mean, they've looked horrible when they've been horrible, but then they've looked amazing when they've looked good. So you can't really get a gauge on some of these teams, even quarter to quarter in the coastal events. I'm we're halfway through. Honestly, I'm impressed a lot by Pitt, but we see like, like we said, 15 penalties, some bad turnovers. You know, you just don't know in the, in the coastal. Yeah, especially, you know, and we're praising, you know, we're praising the defense for how great of a job they did. Um, but in, you know, turnovers or however you want to call it, you know, they uh, they did give up, you know, over 30, 
34 points to uh, UCF. They gave up 30 points to Duke. Uh, good traditional Saturday offenses. <laughs> and, and you know, they may encounter, you know, a couple of those down the line here, you know, against a North Carolina per se. Um, but yeah. wouldn't you say some of that, though, is how – is the turnovers that are giving these teams good field well, position well, at times? Well, I guess what I'm that's true, but what I'm getting at is you know, as great as this defense has been, there has been a couple games where they've given up, you know, 30 points, you know, how, you know, one way or another. And our offense right now is throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. And you know, we've seen in a case against Penn State where you know, we just could not score any points against against Virginia, where we we you know we just could not score any points. Um, and when we run into that situation, you know, we got to find a way to punch through and and get and get the the big score when we have to. And that's going to be the story, I think, down the stretch. Is you know the the defense is going to be enough. You know, we cannot afford to have a game where the offense just completely falls flat on its face. But the two examples you gave were the beginning of the season so the offense has looked better since then it it has i mean it's I, not great but it's looked better than virginia and, and well i understand that there were some backup players in there uh specifically you know nick patty but you only scored 17 points against the blue hens true there are just and, some and what, there are just some plays by this offense and the special teams I think, Vince, that if you just clean up some things, even if you don't turn them into positive plays, but you just take away the negative plays, have some neutral whatever, as long as you're not turning the damn ball over or having these awful penalties over and over again, I think we're talking about a team that is a a little bit more balanced and and not as kind of maddening to watch. Like, Pitt, some of the, like, these games should not have been that difficult. The Delaware game. Should not have been that difficult. The Duke game should not have been that difficult. But there's something about, I don't know if it's the personnel, if you want to say it's the coaching. I don't know where you pinpoint it, but there is something about Pitt's offense and, and, and anybody who has the ball in their hands. A lot of these players make very, let's call them, oh, I want to be nice, idiotic uh, decisions with the football. Running backwards to try to gain three yards. Uh, you know, then also, like you said, calling like what a jet sweep on a third and 10 odd, odd things that if, you know, if they had last year's mentality run straight, it, things might be a little bit easier for Pitt. but there, there's a lot of things to clean up offensively and special teams wise. And they're going to have to do that. Uh, and specifically I'm targeting this game against Miami where they're going to be playing a, a, a good defense. Uh, and yeah, it, it could be tough to to get to to move the ball against these guys, and if they start, you know, taking the ball away from you, uh, that could that could be a struggle. I think the important thing, Pam, that you want at this point of the year is uh, confidence, and I think hopefully Pitt ha- has this by now. But in this conference, especially. Having the mentality that you could beat all these teams is super important. Like, even in the SEC, good teams will face Alabama or LSU, and they just, you could see they're defeated, even though there are some good teams that are playing those juggernauts. 
In this conference, it's a little different. You should always feel like you're on the same level as everybody, except maybe Clemson. But Pitt, do you think they have that mentality collectively as a team that feels like they could play any any football team in, in the nation? Yeah, and I think part of that's because of how strong the defense has been, and it's exceeded expectations by far this season, I think. Um, we thought the secondary was going to be good, but the way the defensive line has played, they can carry a team, and when you need to stop, this defense can get one, and I think that confidence and knowing – we're going to make a stop to give the offense a ball back um, just resonates throughout the whole program. Is there any way we can uh, petition to try to make the, the Notre Dame loss for Virginia count as an ACC loss? I was thinking that actually, <laughs> I, I was thinking that when they lost, I thought, Oh, I wish Notre Dame was actually for real in the ACC in football. And then this would be an actual ACC loss but only when they beat an ACC team like they don't have an ACC record themselves but if they beat Virginia like they did then that should help pit out well, well that would be nice but if they were in the ACC there would probably be some rule that says they're automatically in the conference championship <laughs> game every year I know they would oh man could you imagine just how how rigged it would feel to have Notre oh, Dame and God. Clemson every year for a million years um <laughs> So, yeah, Pitt still, of course, watching, scoreboard watching for Virginia. Well, no one in their lo in the locker room is, I'm sure, but we are. So we'll be watching UVA. I'm watching also the AP polls. I'm, I always feel proud if Pitt sneaks in there, but they got a ways to go. There's an undefeated team in a Power 5 conference that's not even in the top 25, Vince, which makes no sense to me, the Minnesota Gophers. But Pitt went 4-2. and two. I... I mean, we're looking. We're here looking at the second half of the season. If Pitt wins the next game, next two games, three games, what would it take for them to crack that? Uh, well, I think you know a lot of it's going to depend on how some of these other teams look. Uh, fair that are again uh, higher than you talk about undefeated teams. They uh, they got two votes. They got two votes this week, I believe. In the Associated Press, I yeah. think zero votes by by coaches whatever coaches were voting. Um, yeah, Wake Forest, an undefeated team out of the ACC that I believe is ranked um, and haven't had not really played anybody at, at this point in time. They did yeah. play Carolina in yeah. a non-ACC game, which I still love. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, th I think, you know, once, once some of these teams that, you know, may be exposed as frauds at some point, then – you know, there'll be time to move up, but if, you know, if we just take care of our business, we'll we'll eventually move up there, and that's it's going to start in two in on a Friday night in Syracuse, New York, of all places. It, I mean, but also, I'm I know we're not trying to talk scoreboard watching, but this Friday night, eight o'clock, Virginia, Miami. Ooh. We need the Hurricanes here because looking at Virginia's schedule moving forward, it's it's pretty pretty easy so well, I, I don't think it's as easy as you say duke they have to play duke who, who in, he, they did impress me that this uh I, I think they got a fast defense and, and with coach cutcliffe there i think they can they can muster enough points uh i think that's gonna be a difficult game they got to go on the road at louisville at north carolina i think you know they could trip up in one of those games and of course they play 
Uh, Virginia Tech at the end of the game, end of the season, Bud Foster's last game. Uh, and they haven't beaten uh, Virginia Tech in like 15 years. So I, I don't think that's a given for Virginia by, by any stretch of the imagination. Only Pitt would have just got taken care of business in week one. I hate having to play the best team in your in your division the very first week of the season. I hope they never do this again. This is making this whole season too stressful. So Yeah, so <laughs> uh, let's go around the horn here and, and, and give your thoughts on, on your prediction for the rest of the season. Uh, I believe, Ham, at the beginning of the year, you said, I think, seven and five. Was your overall no, prediction eight and, eight, four. And four eight and four? Was your prediction, Alan? I think you were at eight and four as well. I was right there with Pam, eight and four. Yeah, I, I I was nine and three. Um, I'll say right now, I'm I'm still going to say nine and three. I'm not going to get off of that. Um, and, and I'm I'm predicting that we're still going to lose to North Carolina. Uh, I'm still not confident in that matchup. And and I do think that that Miami game is going to be tough. Well, mm-hmm. I, I oh, think... I'm not saying it's not. It's just well, the all, um, Miami's offense isn't good at all. So our it, defense it, needs to really. It's care not, of. but you know their offense was not good last year, and, and we still we still lost that game. I I'm adjusting mine. I'm gonna go. I'm going nine and three. I like. I think this this or the Miami game. The, the next Syracuse or the Miami game will be the tough ones. There might be a loss between these next two, but I'm not so sure about that North Carolina game anymore, Vince, because now it's on a Thursday night, simultaneously, same time as a Pittsburgh Steeler game. But I think the the city of Pittsburgh is going to start putting all of its eggs in the Pitt Panthers basket because they've got way more hope than that other football team. So I like I like Pitt's chances in that one now. Yeah, but by the time of that game, you know, me or you might be playing quarterback for the Steelers. Oh no! Uh, Don't call me at the rate what that they're dropping. I'd prob- what about yeah, me? Call Pam before me. I'm. I don't want to play for them. No, thank you. That does does not look like fun right now. Getting hit like that in the NFL. Uh, but the the schedule after the next two games, I mean, should be some high stepping into the Coastal Championship while Virginia struggles at Louisville. And against Virginia Tech, you know, this this is not done yet, not by a long shot. And these are two big ones coming up on the road, though, at Syracuse. Very interesting. Are they currently ranked? Are they, what, 23, 22? Syracuse. Syracuse. Yes. No, I don't. Not even close. They're not ranked anymore? They, they lost their no, ranking? Not anymore. Okay. They're, they're out of there. So they're kind of under delivering which worries me though because they're going to be up for this game this is going to be a a tough one and i'm i'm liking the like you said pam that offense is so bad for miami i'm kind of more concerned if Pitt has another loss the rest of the way i would bet on the syracuse game rather than the miami game yeah syracuse is playing tomorrow or uh tonight thursday night against nc state um so we'll see how they do in that one as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my ranking at eight and four. And they're gonna trip up against I think against Syracuse or Miami. And then I thought this year they were gonna beat North Carolina, but more I think about it, I don't know. It's like a thorn in the side of Narduzzi. It's gonna be sold out. It, it'd be great. It's gonna be a packed It's not gonna be field. sold out sold on a Thursday night. Packed to the rafters. 
all the tickets available will be sold. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was at a, I, I, I was at a, uh, this week I had to go to a, a student play at Stephen Foster Memorial uh, stage. What's it called? I don't know. It's connected to the cathedral right there. Beautiful. And uh, there were some, some Pitt Panther football players there, including Ke- the injured Keyshawn Camp. Poor guy. He looks so distraught. But I said, but I talked to them and I said, you guys know that in about a month on a Thursday night like this, we were at the, you know, at this play on a Thursday, I said, on a Thursday night like this, everybody in this room is going to be at Heinz Field, right? You guys are going to get them all there. And they said, we absolutely need everybody at that stadium against North Carolina on that Thursday night. We were, we were sitting there on a Thursday in, in a, in a basement of a theater talking about this game in particular, Pam. North Carolina Thursday night, there is a lot of, at least from the administration, at least from players, at least from the people who actually always have that kind of school spirit, there's going to be a lot of, uh, I guess, campaigning or at least pushing other students to get to the stadium on that Thursday night because that's going to be a big one. I'm going to interrupt Pam here and say what I would love to see Heather like do is to get in the year of Chancellor Gallagher and cancel classes on Thursday. Yeah. At least afternoon classes. Other schools do that. And Friday. Uh, I would and fr- Friday morning you should make that push the next day. Eight, cancel the 8 a.m. classes after a big game. Do they even have classes on Friday anymore? I do. Friday afternoons actually, but it's great because then I can go to Bellfield and you can play some hoops. If anybody wants to play five on five Show up 3 p.m. Bellfield Hall. We get down. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. It, you know, that's what they would do at an SEC school, Vince. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is going to be a big one uh, in about a month. But before that, there is Syracuse and Miami, Georgia Tech, I guess. Are they still running a traditional Saturday offense there, the Yellow Jackets? And in some form or fashion, uh, they it's a little different than what they've ran before, but uh, um, yeah, kind of a, a whole overhaul, but uh, still traditional Saturday, I believe. So the the Duke game is one, unlike the Delaware game, not one I want to. I don't want to forget it. I was, it was emotional. There was a lot of anger, but ultimately it was pretty awesome to see Pitt win the game the way they did. Shout out to Valique Carter. Hail to Valique Carter. For once again, putting his boot on Duke's throat and and just not not holding up. That was impressive at the end of the game. I don't think we spent a lot of time, Pam, talking about that. But for a guy on a final drive like that to take over the way he did, very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. We saw some flashes of it last year a little bit. But for him to take over in that spot. And the one thing we're still, we didn't talk about is how both AJ and Vincent Davis didn't play again. They were hurt again. Um, and so Valique Carter and simply had to do, had to do some uh, major carrying there. And yeah. he, he's looked better yeah. in the beginning of the year. He did not look good, but I think maybe now that he's got, got his legs under him, he's been doing a lot better. Very good at being strong and falling forward. I like what I'm seeing out of Todd Sibley, maybe a strategic thing. For uh, the Davises by Narduzzi to keep them out of there, obviously we don't want to violate any HIPAA uh, rules there, Vince, and, and speculate or ask anybody about their real status. But the fact that they didn't play and they have all this time to 
to get ready for Syracuse. That I like that. I expect them both to play for that game, don't you? Uh, we, we don't know what the injuries are. We hate to speculate. We hope they come back because I, I felt that, like those guys were, especially Vincent Davis, were really getting going there. Uh, and we're going to need them going down the stretch, no doubt about that. So Pitt, Idle, and then Syracuse on a Friday night coming up. Lots of huge college football games to talk about, including ACC games to keep our eyes on as Pitt Panther fans. But before we get into all that, uh, you know, after the Duke game, there was, I mean, all kinds of talk around town about how the Pitt Panthers are the new football team in town, Vince. Yeah, a lot of people talking about, you know, yeah, the Steelers disappointing, but, you know, there's a lot of eyes on, on the Panthers uh, more and more every week. Yeah, they're 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 in the bars, they're on the they're in the barber shops, and they're talking about Pat Narduzzi's team, Vince. I mean, we've we've got a pretty cool segment coming up right here that I think is going to uh, illuminate a lot of what's going on in the city of Pittsburgh with regards to the Pitt Panthers. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You know, my heart can't take these games anymore, and that I, I, I just don't even know anymore. I mean, penalties, and they just make the games close on purpose. I don't know. Do they want to kill me? Yeah, I felt like I was about to have a heart attack, after, like after eating a kibasi sandwich down Northside. Yeah, like you bought one of them under the bridge here. Yeah, almost kind of like you know uh, those uh, meatball subs they got down Russo's. Yeah, or, or, or like you eat one of them peppies from from under the bridge too, and then you know they got like hairs in them, and then and then you choke on one of them. That's how I felt watching Pitt and Duke and that. And then when Arduzzi he's going out there, I mean, wh- when's he just gonna go out there and win the game in the first quarter and not try to kill everybody? Yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Sometimes you know, I, maybe we should just get a new coach, maybe like Bob Palco. Oh yeah, isn't he selling cars now though? Hell to Pitt. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, uh, just a, a roller coaster of emotions, as some would say, uh, for Pitt Panthers. Actually, I heard uh, from uh, Tommy down in the rocks, too, not to keep it more, you know, keep the segment going, but I do want to point out that he was telling me he's hearing that the Washington Redskins airplane was at Pittsburgh International Airport, and they might have had someone here to talk to Pat Narduzzi for their vacancy. Uh, I, if anything, that's rumors about another Pittsburgh coach. Oh, but okay. but we don't like to speculate too much on the Hail to Pit podcast. Uh, one thing we will be no way. <laughs> one thing we will be talking about, uh, and Alan, you've alluded to it, is all these huge games. This Saturday and Friday, even we're going to run down a bunch of them here in chronological order. We're going to be ending with one that you know a lot about. I can't wait to get your expert opinion uh, on this huge game Saturday night. Oh, college football. Don't you dare be sour and clap from Thursday night all the way to Saturday night because we are going to feel the power across the nation of big-time college football matchups. Every single conference has something going on. Everybody's going to be watching a a huge matchup between two of the best defenses in the country 
when it comes to Florida and LSU that we'll get into. But as Pitt Panther fans, we got a lot, lot going on this weekend that doesn't involve our team, but involves, well, where our team may be going. And that starts with that Virginia-Miami game that you alluded to, Pam. Let's go you! Yeah, absolutely. That'll be Friday night. Virginia's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. At- no, they're an underdog. An underdog. Yes. I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just shocked. No, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked. I guess maybe because they have to go to the U in Hard Rock Stadium. I actually saw on uh, College Football Reddit there was like a lot of uproar. Someone said like Miami, who got obliterated just a couple weeks ago, is favored against the best team in their division right now by two and a yeah. half, and they have no offense. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Somebody knows something. I don't. I don't know. The only thing I could figure is, you know, Virginia's offense has not been the best uh, as of late, uh, particularly in that game against Notre Dame. Uh, you know, just literally fumbled the ball, the game away. Uh, two uh, scoop and scores there for the Irish. Uh, I, I conventional wisdom should say Virginia's winning this game, but you know, I trust those people out in the desert more often than not. You see all those extra bedazzled jewels they got on the turnover chain now? It has the big 305 on it too. It's going to it's going to be sparkling in this game. I think that Miami's going to win simply for the fact that I'm going to be rooting hard for them and they're deciding to put in Cozy Perry back in. I think that's enough. I'll I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I mean, think Virginia's going to win. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm hoping for my I'll be watching. We need Miami. I'm we need Miami to win that on a Friday night, Friday night, Red River, Red River rivalry. This is this the game that I would always dread hosting a radio show having to say that because I just butchered it. It's very hard to say. Maybe that's why they say Red River Showdown now. What do they call it now? Shootout. Red River. Sh- is, they don't say shootout anymore. They don't. They, oh, they don't. No, they say showdown oh. now. I Just call it. Jalen Hurts stomping a mud hole in the Longhorns. 11 and a half. I mean, less. I can't believe it's less than two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is going to plant his flag on the Heisman Trophy in this game. The one thing to watch for is uh, Oklahoma's offensive line, if they can uh, hold up against Texas's defense. And Tom Herman is excellent as an underdog. Excellent. Yeah, he, he gets his teams ready to play in those spots. Yeah, o- OU has not played anybody this year. No. Um, now Texas, you know, they lost that game to LSU, and if it wasn't for you know some some drop touchdown passes uh, early in that game, it, it's possible Texas could, could be that team that's ranked up as high as LSU is in the top five right now. Um, at, that's why I'm, I'm picking Texas uh, that, to, they, to at least cover this game, maybe win it. They didn't get it done, though, Vince. They, 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 they you got to also understand that Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts, his biggest opponent in this game is not. It's not going to be Texas. It's Joe Burrow. He just has to outperform <laughs> what Joe Burrow did against the Longhorns, secure that Heisman Trophy, Boomer sooner all the way. I, I can't believe you're still LSU already. Ended the myth that Texas is back. That's over. I, I, I don't know. I, 
I still th- I still think Ellinger is is tough, and I think Oklahoma is going to have their hands. Is this the big noon kickoff? This is the big noon. Oh, this is the biggest noon kickoff so far, probably. Um, yeah, that's going to be. Uh, er- we're going to find out early uh, in the college football day, but it's not. It's going to be far from over after that. Uh, the Crimson Tide are going to go out there, and two is going to have a shot at at staking claim on that Heisman against the Texas A and M team that. I don't know where I stand on them anymore. They disappointed me against Clemson, Pam, but you know, yeah, you're, you're guy. Sorry. Oh, yeah they they disappointed against Clemson, and you know, but they're an Uncle Jimbo team, so like they can't you can't count them out. They're probably better than a lot of the teams that they don't have to play. Unfortunately, they have to play all the good teams that are better than them, like Alabama. Yeah, your guy Kellen Mond hasn't looked great either uh, with with Texas A and M. I think Alabama's going to roll them and win by three touchdowns here. Yeah, yeah, it's sixteen and a half, yeah. Vince. I mean, that seems I, like not a lot. They are I'm, on the road, Bama. I'm with I'm with Pam though. I mean, I I thought Texas A and M was gonna you know have a, a nice game against Auburn. Uh, a few I weeks don't care ago, for Auburn and. and I don't either. I'm done with Auburn this year. I'm done with them. They screwed me last week. Texas A&M was non-existent in that game. Yeah, I know. They didn't show up. And um, I don't think very highly of Jimbo Fisher. And I just think Nick Saban's going to come in and just roll them. And Tua's going to... They're going to make this a statement game for Tua to get his name back uh, up with Hurts in that Heisman uh, competition. I, I think Tua's going to put up some big numbers here. I know your personal vendetta against Uncle Jimbo Fisher, Pam. You got to you got to leave that at the door here, and let's and look and look at the teams how they match up, and how they match up is Alabama's going to kick the crap out of them. <laughs> so you're you're yep. absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, in the Big Ten, uh, Jonathan Taylor, no Thomas, a ten and a half point favorite at home against Michigan State, the Wisconsin Badgers. A lot of people uh, were saying, no, 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 but we know a couple people. Well, one person in particular, Vince, who was saying, yes, 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 Wisconsin, the real deal. And uh, this is a, a pretty important game when you talk Big Ten football for them to uh, to prove themselves uh, in that in that light because they're playing one of the teams from across division. And, uh, you know, they they're a lot of people will say they have it easier over where they are in that West, but. Wisconsin beating Michigan State badly the way they beat Ohio Ohio State beat them uh, that'll go a long way for the Badgers to keep climbing up in those polls. It would, but I'm I'm not quite sure that that's going to happen. Uh, Are you sure? Damn, because gotta... Wisconsin's defense gives up like no points ever, and Michigan State's offense is garbage. True, it, it's not good. But Michigan State, I'll tell you this: that their their defense is tough. And with with a, a Wisconsin team that's not going to get very exotic, I could see I could see this. What being do you a mean close they game. have? What do they call it? The elephant package where they put their biggest players out there and run? That's not exotic. That that was you know people have been doing that for over a hundred years. That's traditional Saturday offense. That's the original Saturday offense. Um, it's a lot of and, big cheese eating and corn fed farm boys out there pushing people around. For Jonathan Taylor, it's a pretty effective offensive strategy, Vince. I know you despise Wisconsin for some reason. I don't know why. You're your vendetta against Paul Christ, but 
they're very good. They run the ball very well, and they play defense very well. I think this is ten and a half is a gimme. The way I mean, why is no one putting respect on? No one's putting respect on Wisconsin's name just yet. I don't. They haven't beaten a top ten team, but geez, oh man, the way they're crushing teams. I Michigan State, like Pam said, their offense is garbage. I can't even pronounce their quarterback's name. Lurker. I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Al here. Wisconsin's gonna roll through. You think? Yep. Well, I think this game's gonna be closer than than people expect. I really do. Louisville is at Wake Forest in ACC action. Why do we care about this game, Vince? Wait, Wake Forest, a, a, a ranked team, an undefeated team. Um, and and that's something for the ACC to have a team, you know, propped up like that. Uh, and, and I think that that should be in, examined. And they're going up against a Louisville team that, Pam, I think you think is going to be coming on pretty strong uh, towards the end of the season with that coach. Yeah, they have the former App State coach there. Louisville's played hard. They played hard against Notre Dame to start the season. And um but I, I don't know enough about either one of these teams to make a prediction here. I just I think Louisville, their defense has looked good, and they've played teams tough throughout the year. So um, last time we criticized Vince for putting a game on the rundown that we were <laughs> very unsure about, and that ended up being the Army-Michigan thriller. Yeah. So maybe Louisville-Wake Forest will become the next thriller. Well, my close personal longtime dear good friend, Pitt graduate Jeff Greer, covers the Louisville Cardinals. And uh, he told me that, you know, Scott Satterfield it, it has none of the pl- types of players he would want, and he's still, you know, <laughs> playing pretty, pretty well with this team. They're going out there. They're competitive. Like you said, Vince, they're pretty competitive week one against Notre Dame. They blew it against Florida State, but – uh, a close one against BC last week. They're going to be up and down. They they they're going to be competitive against Wake Forest, but on the road against Wake Forest, a team that is, you know, really, I don't think coming out of nowhere. If you talk to them, a lot of people expected them, especially in a wacky ACC, to be pretty competitive this year. I think this will be a close game, Vince. All I care about is that Louisville gets out of this injury free because we need them healthy against Virginia. That, that's a good point, and, and I think that's really what we need to focus on here. Yeah, don't uh, don't care who wins as long as the Cardinals stay healthy. And, and next game here on, on our list, Penn State is a four-point favorite, uh, three-and-a-half in some locations at Iowa. Uh, Iowa played a, you know, a just a, a boring, abysmal game against Michigan last week. Uh. Lost their soul. They're still ranked though, and, and they're going to be at home this week. And they're they're always tough at home, uh, and against the Penn State team that that is just, you know, that that certainly got a lot of talent on their on their squad. But you know, whenever they go up against uh, you know somebody with any opposition, the game's a little bit closer than people think. That game, I, am I still napping during that game? Is this a dream right now? I definitely was napping during Iowa and Michigan. Holy. Crap, that was such boring Big Ten football. The thing about Penn State is they score. So this will be interesting to see how uh, they they pair up against Iowa, who has pretty you know darn good defensive line. I, I like I like Iowa. I feel like this is – Iowa's going to get the win that Pitt should have got here, Pam. 
They have a very – I think they have a similar style to the Panthers. They're, pro, they're not as ugly and messy on offense, but their defense is pretty good. Yeah, they got to control the clock a little bit better than Pitt did as well. But um, I think Iowa, if they don't win, they're going to cover here, even even at that small margin. I think it's going to be like a two to three point game. Now, is Iowa's defense really that good, or are their opponents just always asleep? They're, they're, their fans are, or at least the people nationally <laughs> who are watching, because I'm pretty sure I've I'm pretty sure I've taken at least two naps during watching. Iowa games this year. So I think the Iowa state game as well. Um, but yeah, this is going to be interesting. Although Penn state does have, they're rallying around a controversy, right? A whatever, like a racist letter was sent to some player this week. I haven't been paying too close attention to them for obvious reasons, but uh, that that's the kind of thing that bands a team together at least. So it's going to be uh, a pretty important big 10 game here. Uh, contrast of styles, you got a lot of fast players on Penn State. Interesting to see how Iowa covers people like Hamler in that one. But now we got the two main events of the weekend, Vince. This is Clay Helton's job on the line is whoever the next AD at USC looking at this game saying, if he wins this one, we'll keep him. Ten and a half point dogs for the Trojans fighting on against Notre Dame in South Bend. Clay Helton's going to probably last the whole year since they don't have an AD at yeah, this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they they may not even get an AD for a little while here, and they're not going to fire him within the first hour of taking that job. So I think Clay Helton's safe for the whole year because he's on his third-string quarterback right now, and they've played better than people have anticipated because they talked about the first six or seven games of their schedule – how that was the most difficult part. And they're they're hanging tough. Um Notre Dame's looks better than expected, um, I think. But yeah. uh I think I think this one, this rivalry game, usually played towards the end of the year a lot of times. This one's gonna be a close game, I think. Yeah, I, I think Slovis is gonna be available for Southern Cal oh, is uh, to play in this game. I don't I'm not quite sure if that matters that much or not. Uh Southern Cal's got some some players, particular receiver that could give Notre Dame some fits in this ball game. And you got to think, you know, this is a game that if you know Southern Cal's gonna, you know, get up for one uh, with you know the Pac-12, you know, hopes you know almost gone. This this is gonna be it. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see and you know Notre Dame they're gonna to want to try to put on a bit uh, as big a show as possible as they can again against a, a high profile opponent yeah no, Notre Dame um they are seasoned already I mean of course even for stemming from last year but just through the fires they've been through this year they've been in some pretty rough games but so has SC which is what makes this game fascinating to me is these are kind of two calloused teams already that have suffered. Uh, injuries, tough losses, have been on huge stages. So uh, you have a big underdog on the road, but I think SC has talented enough players to make big plays, and it's going to be awesome to watch because Notre Dame's best players are all in their secondary, I think. SC's best players are their receivers. Here we go. Let's let's watch this one. That an M- That's on NBC, right? It's got to be, right? Yeah, okay. a rare night game at, at, at- Notre Dame on NBC. I, I'm 
just going to be laying out for this game and hoping Notre Dame loses. As always, fight on. And here we go. The main event, just an amazing, amazing uh, series of events that leads lead us to what is just an odd spread, a, a weird way to describe a Florida LSU matchup, because in this one, it's Florida LSU, but we're asking the question, can Florida's offense keep up with LSU's offense? That's the that's the main storyline here. Even though Florida has a crazy good defensive line and might be able to get after Joe Burrow, the fact is LSU just gets theirs with this new spread attack. They get Joe Brady from the Saints, and it's just finally the, the, the new offense they've been waiting for for the Tigers for all these years is finally there, and they have a Heisman candidate at quarterback, a legit Heisman candidate in Joe Burrow, and Florida who have – a quarterback who looks like a generic video game uh, creative player in Kyle Trask to me, Vince, he's out there uh, managing a team that has a great defense, but just can't, when you can't run the ball and you have a great defense, going to be very tough for Florida to win. And I think even cover the two touchdown spread that it's at. Yeah, Florida, they're getting a lot of hype for their defense, but they have not played anybody, you know, at the caliber of LSU. That's for sure. Um, LSU just looks to be clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, it's a, it's on a Louisiana Saturday night. Yes. Uh, I, I think we're all in agreement here that LSU is probably going to win this game. But, Pam, i got to ask it. Are they going to cover this 13 and a half? That's two touchdowns. You think they're that much better in Florida? Yeah, they're going to win by – two touchdowns at least maybe three because not only is Florida's offense very stagnant they have Kyle Trask in there um LSU is going to use this game to make a statement that they're coming for Alabama we're gonna get them <laughs> and that they're better they're improved and they have what they've lacked the past however many years is a uh wide open offense and Joe Burrow is the guy to execute that so lsu is going to run on all cylinders until they hit alabama and we'll see what happens then now, this is this is a rivalry game does that scary at all for, for lsu no Al alan is this the corn dog game uh no i think the i think it's either auburn or ole miss that forget that the throw the corn dogs at lsu or call them the corn dog people this is the this is the game that's usually circumvented by a hurricane somehow uh, but <laughs> now it's it's going to just happen on a louisiana saturday night it's i can't believe a two touchdown spread 13 and a half in favor of lsu and, and lsu's been favored big before against florida in recent years but florida has always stepped up and either played them tough or even beaten them and but that's been because florida had a running game against LSU and Florida's running game has been suffering this year. So that's why I give them no chance. Although I really thought Auburn was going to pull it out and they were getting all kind of turnovers. They could not beat Florida though. Florida still pulls it out last week. So this is a resilient team. This should be a very physical game and one of the best in the sec this year. But I think LSU is going to pull it out just over two touchdowns and, uh, there you go. They're gonna they're gonna be getting all the hype, and people are gonna be going crazy, waiting for that LSU Alabama game, hoping that they both both hold off undefeated going into that one in November. Pam. Yep, November 9th. 
is yeah. when they play. And I, both teams are idle or on bye before that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome college football weekend. Actually, it starts the night of our recording here, Wednesday. Do you know the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns play tonight, Vince? Yeah, against App State. Uh, I will definitely be watching that Ooh. game. Ragin' Cajuns aren't, aren't looking too bad either. They're putting up all kind of points. And uh, it's crazy to think because they make their pairs play to pay, which a lot of people thought was weird this offseason. Um, don't want to get into the weeds on that. Oh, big, big word here, though, Pitt Panther fans. Uh, on basketball, we said at the top of the show, keep, it, keep an eye out, keep that in the back of your mind. This week they announced who will be performing at the Blue Gold Madness uh, event at the Pete. It won't be Snoop Dogg saying all sorts of naughty things, Vince, but it will be a local hero. Did you hear who? Uh, I did not. Tell me, Al. That would be one Wiz Khalifa, which I believe is short for Wizard Khalifa. I don't know exactly what that's short for. All I know is that uh, Wiz Khalifa was playing at Pitt 10 years ago, over 10 years ago when we were there, and now he's back at the Pete ready to get everybody fired up. For men's and women's basketball, Pam, you gonna go? Um, I don't think so. Midnight is a little too late <laughs> for me, <laughs> but uh, I I'll, I'll watch the highlights. You never... I gotta study. I gotta study the basketball teams. I gotta get ready for these previews. Do you think that? Do you think the Pitt athletic department's gonna put a strict uh, censor sensory thing on a uh, on Wiz the way Kansas tried to do Snoop Dogg? No mentioning, Probably not any more than they usually would. No mentioning, don't talk about all the marijuana and the vaping that you like to talk about, Wiz. You think that's what they're telling him? I don't... You, Could be. I hope not. You should know who you're booking before you book them. Just, it's Wiz Khalifa, people. Come on. I mean, he's known for waving, waving terrible towels and smoking pot. That's who he is. But we love him because he's from Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. Midnight Madness going down uh, this Friday night, uh, kicking off the basketball season. Uh, Pam's already hard at work uh, previewing the, these uh, men's and women's basketball teams. We're going to be having that on upcoming shows. I can't wait to get into it. Men's team, a whole lot of uh, new players added, big stars returning on the women's side. Coach Lance White is, is trying to build up that program and trying to make some headway in the ACC. We'll be breaking it all down. Uh, can't wait for hoop season to start. Absolutely. And that's just even more great stuff coming here to the Hail to Pit podcast at H2P Show. If you want to follow along with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, I'm around campus if you want to say what's up. I'm the guy wearing... The, uh, either the Hail to Pit uh, sticker on my shirt or the XFL hoodie. Pam, I'm wearing like the same thing every day so people could recognize me and I could spread the word about the show. I'm trying to get every student to listen to us at least once and to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever they get their podcasts at. Yeah, they can play basketball with you on Friday afternoons at Belfield too. Yes, we're. I, don't make me wait for people now. Last week I had to wait to get a full court game going. Just show up, 3 o'clock, be there, and let's let's run it. Let's run it. I actually, and I emailed the university this week. They fixed the hoops. So we've got new nets and new rims. Let's get it. 
basketball, baby. It's time. Friday night. Midnight Madness. We'll see you there at the Pete. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. Hail to Pit. <laughs>